Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. In the scripture, we find that the seventh month, according to the biblical calendar, is a special month. Now, this seventh month, because of the number seven, it relates to holiness, sanctification, and we can summarize that very easily with the word purpose relating to the purposes of God. And we're going to see in the future how God teaches us truth through these holidays so that we will be ready for what he is going to do. We need to remember what the Apostle Paul said, that these festivals, these appointed days, they are a shadow of what is coming. So let's utilize them, led by the Spirit, in order that we will be prepared for what is coming. Take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Leviticus and chapter 23. Now, we have dealt with the first half of this chapter we have looked at festivals such as shabbat a very special day that's not a festival but a preparation for a festival i'm speaking about passover and then we've spoken about the feast of unleavened bread those seven days and the fact that the first day and the last day of the feast of unleavened bread are treated as high shabbats regardless of what day they fall upon no work should be done and then we've seen that within the feast of unleavened bread there's a special day called rishit and this begins a counting there's an offering that was made when the temple stood and we see that that the counting would begin of seven full weeks or 50 days And it's not either or, but we count both. We count each week until we have seven full weeks and the next day. Well, the next day is indeed the 50th day, which represents Pentecost, or we call it traditionally in Hebrew, the Feast of Weets, Chag HaShavuot. And we also learn that these festivals, and I'm speaking about Shabbat, the Feast of Unleavened Bread and Shavuot or Pentecost, they are in the spring. And likewise, there is a fall season. And in the fall season, we have the Festival of Yom Teruah, also known as the Feast of Trumpets, followed by Yom HaKippurim, the Day of Atonement, literally atonements, we'll talk about that. And then finally, Chag HaSukot, the Feast of Tabernacles, and then one additional special day, and that is Shemeni Atzeret, the eighth-day assembly. 
so in that seventh month there are four festivals three technically in the springtime and really two in the springtime because shabbat is every every week it is a weekly festival and the feast of unleavened bread and shavuot they are our annual festivals remember that there are three festivals that must be observed in jerusalem that it's a biblical requirement of course when the temple stood when there was a priesthood that was functioning to go up to jerusalem and these three festivals are the feast of unleavened bread shavuot pentecost and the feast of tabernacles look with me if you would to this 23rd chapter of the book of leviticus we're ready now for verse 23 we read and the lord spoke to moses saying an introductory statement that revelation is coming and here's the revelation speak to the children of israel the children of israel comprised at this time jewish people from the family of yaakov and also that mixed multitude and we're going to see that the stranger who's not jewish but who dwells in the land in a a permanent way the strangers going to be included as well verse 24 speak to the children of israel saying in the seventh month now notice we're not given a name for this month here in leviticus chapter 23 it is emphasized that it is the seventh month why because the number seven has relevance it speaks about holiness sanctification and as i said earlier we can summarize that as the purposes of god so in the seventh month on the first literally on one and this is important because it doesn't say on the first but on one of the month meaning the first day but it's the number one and this speaks to another important truth and that is the term echad for one it's not rishon for first but one that word echad we derive from it the word achdut for unity and these festivals are to bring us into unity with one another but more importantly with god so literally it says on one of the month not one day of the month but the implication is on the first day of the month there will be for you and we talked about in the past that expression lachem for you and it reminds us that everything that god does it's for his people god needs nothing god doesn't lack so his instructions are for our benefit so he says there shall be for you a shabbaton now this has to do with a a sabbath day rest we use that word shabbaton for a day of observance of shabbat so this day can fall on any day of the week but whatever day it falls upon that first day of the seventh month is treated as a shabbat and notice what it says zikron trua the word zikron is a word for remembering or a memorial 
And the next word, teruah, is the sounding of the shofar. Now, we need to learn something. This festival, a one-day festival according to the scripture, I realize that it's observed too everywhere throughout the world by the Jewish community. We'll put that fact aside and talk about that some other time. But what I want you to see, it's one day, and the purpose is for remembering by hearing the sound of the shofar. Now, the Feast of Trumpet, and it's really the Feast of Trumpet, not trumpets, but the plural is used because that one trumpet is sound many times. And we're called to remember something. Remember what? Well, we read on that day based upon the teachings of the sages. We read about the binding of Isaac. And this is important because Isaac was called to die. We all know how that Abraham was commanded to go to Har Moriah, the land of of Moriah, Mount Moriah, to offer up Yitzchak. But there was something that changed. God provided of himself this ram. And this ram was a substitute. And it was this substitute that allowed the child of promise, and the emphasis is promise, to continue. That the promise would not die, but would be fulfilled. And that promise, if we look further in that same 22nd chapter of Genesis, it speaks about victory. That that God would look and God would provide. God would fulfill his promise and that we would possess the gate of the enemy. And that is a Hebrew idiom. When you possess the gate of your enemy, you are victorious. So what should we remember on, on Yom Teruah, the day of the sounding of the shofar or Zikron Teruah, the memorial remembering the sounding of the shofar? Remember God's provision for life, for his promises to be kept, and for us to have victory. That's the message of this day. So we are commanded here, look again. It says, there will be for you a Sabbath day rest, a memorial of the sounding of the shofar. And then we have again mentioned Mikra Kodesh, which is a holy assembly. But it's from the word for proclaiming. You assemble for the purpose of proclaiming this day. And we are told in verse 25, all work of labor you do not do. But what do you do? You bring an offering, a fire offering unto the Lord. Verse 26. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, and now in verse 27, we see a change. We see as this next holiday is introduced, a word. The Hebrew word is ach. It is a word of emphasis. It is a word that speaks about about this day being set apart in a unique way. It's being emphasized. And notice what is written here, verse 27. We could translate it but or even on the 10th day of the month. And it's literally the number for 10. On the 10th of the month, 
of the seventh month, Yom HaKippurim. And it's interesting because even though probably your Bible will say the Day of Atonement, when we look at it, it's Yom HaKippurim. It's in the plural. Now, much has been spoken of concerning why is it called the Day of Atonements. Some have speculated, and I don't like to speculate, but let me just fill in a few things. Some have speculated that it speaks about the necessary for dealing with our sins among one another and also dealing with our sins before God. That we, and we see this in the Aseret Hadibrot, the Ten Commandments, there are commandments in regard to our responsibility to God. And there are additional commandments in those ten in regard to our neighbor, to one another. So we need atonement completely for one another and before God. Some have also speculated that it's in the plural because we need atonement for this world, but we also need atonement for the world that's coming. Now, I've shared with you several times that atonement is simply a covering. It conceals the sin, but it does not remove or eradicate the sin. And the only thing that can remove sin, eradicate, do away with that sin, is redemption. So redemption is superior to atonement. And whenever we speak about the work of Messiah, we should not use the word atonement, but we should use a stronger word, redemption. Many in the Old English will use the word propitiation, which is again relating to a sacrifice that removes that sin from the presence of God and that God does not have to deal with that. He will not punish that because propitiation removes that sin from consideration. It is a strong word, propitiation or redemption. So he says here, the day of atonements, it is, and again it says, mikra kodesh, it shall be a, a holy assembly for you. Now, again, this day, known as the Day of Atonement, like all the others, God brought it into being. It belongs to Him. These are His festivals, but they're for us. They have relevance. They contain information. And that's why it's so important for us to study them. Now, let me just pause for a moment and remind us of something that Paul taught in Romans 14. And what I want us to realize is this. In Romans 14, when he talks about days, for example, he is not speaking about these festival days of the Lord, these appointed days. We need to remember that within the Jewish community, and this is still true today, there are a lot of other days that are observed. And likewise, there are other things that are brought into the religious context. And Paul is speaking about those things. He is not speaking about Shabbat. He's not speaking about the appointed days of the Lord because these are commandments. Again, without a temple, can we keep them according to the law today? We cannot, but we can acknowledge them. We can study them. We can learn from them and apply their truth to our lives. 
in order that we can understand what is coming and who it is that cast that shadow remember what paul says they are a shadow of things which are coming but the body of which is messiah so these festivals they have significance and i will say this that i believe there is a great benefit from knowing these festivals studying these festivals and still proclaiming them even though we cannot keep them according to the letter of the law but being led by the spirit we can in some degree apply their truth to our life that we can understand them and we should mark them in a unique way so we look at the scripture and he says i'm reading again from verse 27 it is a holy assembly for you and what are we called to do specifically on this day you shall afflict your souls and you shall offer up a fire offering to the lord now obviously we studied we're in leviticus 23 we studied leviticus 16 which talks about how it is the priest the high priest that does all the work but we're going to have a debate i always find people that uh, like to argue about this and that's fine arguing can be good if it's done in love and with a desire to know the truth but we see afflict your souls what does that mean well traditionally that doesn't mean it's right but traditionally this afflicting of your soul has been understood as fasting and we've seen that god's people for centuries in fact for a few millennials they have done this on this day it's a day that we push out everything even food and drink in order to confess our sins and to be grieved about our sins that's part of afflicting we don't want to feed and nourish the flesh so whether you agree with this traditionally this afflicting of your souls has been understood in regard to fasting verse 28 again also on yom kippur all work you shall not do on this very day for it's the day of atonement now there's a change if you look back at verse 27 it says yom ha kippurim but here in verse 28 we see it says yom kippurim the definite article the word the is not there but notice the word after that it is the hebrew word who which means it is and it is a different way when we do not use the definite article but we use a pronoun third person to emphasize it we would translate it it is a day of atonement it is so that emphasis whether it's with the definite article the word the is also still there within the text and what is being emphasized to make atonement for you before the lord your god meaning this this day part of its observance is realizing our sin debt before god and that we need that it to be for it to be dealt with and dealt with according to god's framework and again this is atonement 
but redemption is superior so let's move on to verse 29 for every soul this means every individual which you will not or she the word soul is is feminine nephesh is effeminate so it says if she does not afflict meaning if that person does not afflict on that very day his his soul what happens if he will not or she or he will not afflict this one is cut off from his people now there's various various understanding of what it means to be cut off the general understanding is that this person is no longer part of the community and the community of faith those who have a covenantal relationship with god they will will not speak will not deal not do business simply ignore this individual but notice it gets even stronger verse 29 for for everyone verse 30 excuse me every soul meaning every individual that will do any work on this very day notice what it says here which means i will cause to perish now this word has to do with destruction now it's a word of destruction and it's destroying that individual so it's a death sentence but notice the community does not put forth this death sentence does not execute it god says that he will so there are times when a a action happens where the person is what's called ben mavet ben mavet means a son of death meaning he should be put to death but it is not the community's responsibility to do it but god will do it in his way at his time so this is what it's saying here it's not uh allowing the community to exert some punishment a physical a corporal punishment upon this individual but it says i will cause this soul meaning this individual to perish from the midst of his people verse 31 all work shall not be done and then we have that familiar expression a everlasting statue throughout your generations i would suggest to you that the word here olam is not everlasting although that's one understanding of it and it's a legitimate understanding but we see that we do not observe that today without a temple we don't have an active high priests we don't have an active priesthood today i would suggest to you that this term olam has to do with a kingdom significance many of you know that we talk about olam hazay this world ve olam haba the coming world and that coming world is a reference for the kingdom so what i would say is this when it says chukat olam ledoratechem it speaks about this throughout your generations has kingdom significance it teaches us about a kingdom precept that's what the word of god is saying and finally notice that it says 
in all your dwelling places now this means that yom kippur it's relevance it's observance you don't have to be in jerusalem to do it wherever you are you practice this now here again we cannot practice it according to the letter of the law no high priest no altar none of these things can be done today but we can remember them and we can also remember that we have a great high priest that he has passed out of the heavens into this world taking on human form dressing himself in in flesh and blood that he became the passover lamb so that he could purchase for us as the writer of hebrew says eternal redemption so these principles of the day of atonement can also help us understand more precisely the work of messiah and what he achieved for us verse 32 in regard to yom kippurim it says shabbat shabbaton hu lechem it is a a day of ceasing stopping and it says it is for you this day and then we're reminded again and you shall afflict your souls and notice now we see something from the ninth day and the implication is the ninth day of the month in the evening from the evening until evening you it is your shabbat of of observance now this is an important phrase what he says here because if you look at it it tells us in the evening time which is the end of the ninth day you begin afflicting so that's why traditionally the fast begins and we have a meal before the evening and it's called seuda mafseket which means the meal of of stopping stopping to eat we can translate it differently the last supper and there's a last supper before the day of atonement and there's a last supper before the day of passover because traditionally not biblically but traditionally that 14th day was also proclaimed a fast day in israel here again that's traditional we don't see it in the bible the reason for that is to remember the plague that came upon egypt where the firstborn anyone who did not keep the passover their firstborn of of humanity of people and also livestock the animals that firstborn was slain and to remember that and the sorrow that that brought we fast traditionally now we read at the end of verse 32 shabbat you shall shall cease and the implication is for your shabbat and what's interesting is it's your shabbat it is is not the shabbat unto of god now it's his holy day but the resting is is what we're called to do and if we take that back to the book of genesis god also rested in order to fellowship with his people so shabbat when we give that day significance even today when we do that it's a way of saying i want to have fellowship with god i want god to 
work in my life to bring about this restoration that shabbat is all about and when you study shabbat in the new covenant we see that it is indeed a day of restoration now verse 33 and the lord spoke to moses saying speak to the children of israel saying and now we're ready for the third holiday in the seventh month we've talked about yom teruah the feast of trumpet we've talked about yom kippur the day of atonement or atonements and now the third one which is the feast of tabernacles which begins on the 15th day of the seventh the seventh month and it's called Chakasukot, the feast of tabernacles and how many days is it seven days unto the lord now we're going to see before we wrap up that there are two primary commandments on the feast of tabernacles one is to dwell in a booth a sukkah a a temporary structure and the second commandment is to take in your hand four species this is known as the lulav and the primary one is the palm branch and the secondary one which also has great importance is that that fruit of a a beautiful tree and we're talking about what's known in judaism as an etrog which is a type of of lemon we might say it looks more like a lemon or a lime than it does uh, uh something else so we'll talk about that in a moment but look if you would to verse verse 35 on the first day mikra kodesh it is a holy assembly and therefore all work of labor you shall not do seven days you are to offer a fire offering to the lord again we find out more about that in the book of numbers at the end of the torah portion called pinchas in in chapter 29 of numbers verse verse 36 seven days you are to offer a fire offering to the lord and on the eighth day there is another sacred or holy assembly that shall be for you now this eighth day it's called the eighth day and the sages would say this not because it's the eighth day of the feast of tabernacles we've just been told it's seven days and and the first day is a holy assembly it is not like the feast of unleavened bread and the seventh day is also proclaimed as a holy assembly or treated as a shabbat this is not the case it's only the first day of the feast of tabernacles but there's a special day called Shemeni Atzeret. Now, it's called this in the scripture. Here, it's simply the eighth day assembly. And what we find is this, that is also treated as a holy convocation, a holy assembly, which you are to proclaim, and we'll learn more about it. Look again at the end of verse 36. And on the eighth day, a holy assembly shall be for you and what do we do you shall offer up a fire offering and then we have that term atzeret he the word atzeret is a word of stopping 
Now, it's similar to, in meaning, the term Shabbat. Shabbat means to stop, to cease. This is word Latsor. Latsor means to stop. You're, you're driving in a car. You commit some uh, traffic violation. Police see you. They put on that siren, and they pull you over. You have to stop. And it's this stopping. It's the same word in, in Hebrew so it is a stopping meaning an assembly and all work of labor you shall not do also on this day which is pretty much ignored and never even mentioned primarily in the church today so all laborious work you shall not do verse 37 now we begin a summarization of this chapter these are the appointed days of the lord which you shall proclaim them as holy assemblies and you shall offer up a fire offering unto the lord a burnt offering a grain offering a sacrifice and libations each thing in its own day meaning we need to remember what is done on each of these special days and again Although we're given some information in this 23rd chapter in regard to the offerings, these fire offerings, Ishay, Le'ashem, these are found in the book of Numbers, chapter 28 and chapter 29, a fuller explanation of what is offered up on these days. So he says, verse 37 again, these are the appointed days of the lord which you shall proclaim them as holy assemblies you shall offer a fire offering unto the lord a burnt offering a grain offering a sacrifice and libations everything in its day meaning do what you should on each of these days according to the instructions verse 38 these sacrifices these offerings what is done notice what it says in verse 38 milvad what's milvad in addition to the the sabbaths of the lord and in addition to your gifts meaning gifts that you give to god in addition to any vows your vows in addition to any donations your donations which you give to the lord so these things are not included in those uh other offerings other gifts other observances that we do throughout the year from a personal standpoint so we don't wait until these days and then give and these are the only things we give to the lord no it says that they are in addition to milvat verse 39 but and now we have just like we had for yom kippurim this word ach as a word of emphasis and gives special significance to that holiday the same thing is said concerning sukkot the feast of tabernacles look at verse 39 ach a word of emphasis on the 15th day of the month the seventh month when you gather the the produce of the land you shall celebrate and notice now this festival the feast of tabernacles is called chag hashem the festival of the lord 
Now, I want to point out to you something of great significance, and that is this. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, Moses told Pharaoh and the people, we're going to have a festival unto the Lord in the wilderness. Very significant, that term, festival unto the Lord. And now we see that also being repeated here, but this time the festival of the lord relating to sukkot or the feast of tabernacles again you shall celebrate the feast of the lord seven days on the first day again as i said there's a shabbaton and on the eighth day a shabbaton what's a shabbaton a day that you treat as a sabbath regardless of of what day of the week that it falls upon verse 40. now verse 40 remember i said to you that there are are two primary commandments concerning this feast of tabernacles there's many commandments in regard to libations that are offered up different sacrifices for example during the feast of sukkot on the first day 13 bulls and there's other offerings but 13 bulls are offered up on the second day 12 on the third day 11 and each day we decrease one bull if you do that for seven days beginning with 13 12 11 10 and so forth at the end of the seven days you get 70 bulls that were offered up why 70 for the nations and this holiday has a special significance for the nations we see that taught to us clearly in the book of zachariah the book of zechariah the prophet in chapter 14 this festival is mentioned there and in regard to the nations now what does it say here look at verse 40 and you shall take for yourselves on the first day we have pre etz hadar a glorious fruit of a tree this is that etrog like a large lemon and a palm branch and it says a branch from we might say a a thick thick branch which is understood as a myrtle tree branch and also we have uh uh the branches of arve nachal which is a willow tree branch those leaves so we take these four species species what four species the palm branch the etrog that citrus fruit and then myrtle branch and a willow tree branch we take primarily those leaves from the myrtle tree and the willow and we put them together and we wave them in every direction how many directions six north south east west and up and down why six is the number of grace and we are proclaiming grace and why do i say we're proclaiming grace because according to tradition it's jewish law today when we do that we say such things as hodu ladonai kitov ki leolam hasdo for what give thanks to the lord for he is good and his grace endures forever we proclaim that and say it in every direction because the grace of god is available and offered to all people and the message of sukkot as we'll see in a minute 
is to depend and trust him so he says here look again at verse 40 you shall take for yourselves on the first day this this beautiful fruit of a tree a palm branch a myrtle branch and a willow branch and you shall rejoice before the lord your god for seven days now sukkot is spoken of as the feast of joy the feast of gladness because of what we see here that you shall rejoice before the lord your god seven days and what that teaches us is this there is joy in the purposes of god there is joy when we depend upon him that we trust him and we'll talk more why this dependence and trusting and reliance upon god is so important in regard to the feast of tabernacles verse 41 and you shall celebrate it celebrate what the festival of the lord seven days each year and then we're told again it is a what i would say a kingdom statue throughout your generations most bibles say it everlasting statues on the seventh month you shall celebrate it now look at verse 42. in verse 42 we have the second primary commandment for this feast of tabernacles and what is that let's read it in tabernacles these portable and temporary booths these habitations you shall dwell seven days every citizen in israel they shall sit in these booths these sukkots why verse 43 on account that you shall know throughout your generations that in these booths these sukkots these these dwelling places i cause the children of israel to to set in meaning dwell in when i brought them out from the land of egypt now what did god teach the people in the wilderness during those 40 years one thing depend upon me we can say it differently trust me rely upon me that's the message of sukkot so when we and i think it's a great thing to do now technically according to the law sukkot as i said to you the feast of tabernacles is one of these festivals one of three that it must be observed in jerusalem you can't observe it just anywhere you want but most people can't get to jerusalem for this day they may not have the money they may not have the ability whatever it may be and that's why it's good wherever you are you're not doing it according to the letter of the law but to build a a sukkah this temporary booth and dwell in it sleep in it for seven days eat in it all your meals during these seven days and you look up through the schach that 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 temporary roof that's usually also made of uh, palm branches and such and you look up and you can see the stars remembering the promise that god made to israel that his people will be like the scars of the heavens like the sand on the shore 
And as we observe that, we're not keeping it according to the law, but as we remember it and apply it to our life, there is a a teaching there. And it reinforces, and it's a great thing for young people to do to understand this, this truth that we're called to rely, trust, and depend upon God. Verse 43. Why do we do that? Why do we we stay in these booths? He says, on account that your generation shall know that in these tabernacles I caused the children of Israel when I did what? Redeem them. He's speaking about the exodus from Egypt when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. And it says, I am the Lord your God. Did you remember that? That he is the Lord your God. And that we should trust him and how do we trust him we obey him one last verse and we'll be done verse 44 the last verse of the chapter which means and moses spoke the festivals of the lord or the appointed days of the lord to the children of israel what is that well this term is a reference to revelation and it's to remind us as we finish this chapter these appointed days these chagim these celebrations they are instruments of revelation revelation that speaks to us not just about what god did in the past how he brought the children of israel out of egypt he caused them to dwell in these structures for 40 years where he provided for them we just don't remember that but We also remember that all these festivals have a future fulfillment, a kingdom fulfillment. And that's why it's so important to remember them and to proclaim them and to teach them and to some agree, not to the letter of the law, but under the leadership of the Spirit, to apply them. And for those who want to say that Romans 14 is about these festivals, that is without foundation, that is a terrible matter of interpretation paul's not talking about these these are the festivals of the lord and though we have freedom we should be free to observe them again can't do it according to the letter of the law but being led by the spirit these days foreshadow what messiah is going to do not just what he has done but what he is going to do in the future these festivals help us get ready for what will be well close with that until next week well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org again to find out more about us please visit our website loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.